Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome into episode 155. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCASimmons, and at Night Sports Now. Um, football is back. We've got a depth chart to talk about. We've got a game to preview. We've got a hurricane barreling toward the state. Um, good times, right? We're Football's so back. back. It wasn't truly back. Like when I was watching college football on my TV on Saturday, it wasn't truly back. It wasn't back until now that we have to deal with a hurricane. Like now we're fully locked in yeah. and just right back where we where we picked up. So or yeah, and for off. for anyone watching on the YouTube version of the podcast, I thought it would be a little bit I don't I don't funny is the right word, but appropriate for my kingdom rain jacket for the second time on the video podcast because we've got a hurricane coming toward us and preparations are underway in my household. If you were thinking so. about subscribing to the kingdom and hadn't yet, consider this. They offer protection from hurricanes in the form of rain jackets. By the way, I have to say, I, I have a kingdom, a quick little kingdom anecdote while we're on this topic because I, I didn't say anything on the podcast, but after UCF landed Jalen Hayward, I decided to was it called like subscribe to the kingdom become a member of the kingdom i don't know i was like i'll do it because you know what like i they You're need inspired. my help I, I was i was it was literally it was so stupid it's like i've seen 70 billion tweets over the last year of like subscribe to the kingdom become a kingdom member and gus tweeted it right after that commitment and i was like yeah what the hell like i i can have 25 <laughs> less dollars every month like who cares and so I gotta say, I'm loving the Kingdom customer service or whatever you want to talk, call it so far, because I don't, I don't plan to do anything with any of the membership stuff. I am, I am planning to just give them money and hope that UCF recruits well, and that is it. They emailed me, and I sent you this email, and they were like, "Hello, you joined the Kingdom, so we want to send you a shirt. What is your shirt size?" And then, like a very me thing, I just didn't reply to the email. Like I just ignored it, and then they sent me another one that I still didn't reply to. And then a few days ago, they DM me on on Twitter, and they're like, "From the Kingdom account," and they're like, "Christian." Just tell us what your shirt size is. We've emailed you multiple times. We want to give you a free shirt. So I was finally just like large. And the shirt showed up today. And it was it was nice. So that's nice. That's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah, we've got a five-star review question. Actually, we have a four-star review question to get to because someone left us a question and gave us four stars. I don't honestly feel like we shouldn't even answer this question. Yeah, I don't know if this is like I don't know if this is someone trolling us or if they just genuinely pressed the wrong button, but because what makes it even better is they made the title of their review oh. is five star <laughs> review question, and then it's a four star review. So I don't know if we're being yeah. trolled or what, but we'll answer it anyway. Um, Let me say really quickly, by the way, if you're wondering why my set has severely downgraded and you're watching the YouTube version, I'm in a hotel this week. So that's why it's like this. Um, We've done stuff like this before. <laughs> it's, it's like never, you've been robbed. It, it does. Like if someone took all my UCF stuff. I've never had to like address where I'm doing the podcast from before because we didn't used to have a video version. But yes, this is I didn't severely downgrade my set. I'm just in a hotel. Yeah, it's um. So the, the four star review question, I guess it's a two parter. <laughs> is it they sent a four star review, titled it five star review question, and then sent two questions: one for Christian, one for me. V- very, very, very different questions. Christian gets really UCF mad question. about the difference in the questions. You brought it up like four times in the last week. <laughs> Because I don't know what to say for mine, but we'll get to yours first. Let's, so it says, for Christian, how will the Big 12 move affect UCF's level of future bowl matchups? 
Take you know what's away. so funny? I found the question so funny I didn't even prepare for it. I forgot to read what my part of it was and like get ready for it. But yeah, how, I mean, they're better. So <laughs> to answer it for you. Well, it's actually really funny you say that because just today the athletic, which the athletic, let, let me clarify with there are there is no such thing as an accurate bull projection before the season starts. Like there, there, it's impossible. There's no way to do it. But the athletic released their bull projections today, which there there's are usually like they use Intel and all that. Again, whatever, it's not correct now. But they had UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. So the answer to this question might just be, doesn't affect it at all. Against like, who? Against an NC State. Okay. So the real answer well. is the Big 12 does have much better bowls. I think the biggest change that you'll find is that in most, if not all years, UCF is going to be playing a Power 5 team in a bowl game, or Power 4, whatever we're calling it now. And it's actually going to get even better because the Pac-12 has several pretty well-known bowls that it's connected to that are now going to be looking for new homes. And Brett McMurphy had a story a couple weeks ago that some of those bowls are probably going to um, connect to the Big 12. I think the Holiday Bowl was one of them, the Las Vegas Bowl, which the Las Vegas Bowl is a SEC tie-in. So that so bowl-wise, which I'm not to like get profound, but I'm also just I'm curious what bowls are going to mean in the 12-team playoff era. Like I know that even now they don't mean a ton, but like this is the last year of New Year's Six Bowls. Like going forward, it is just there are the 12 teams that go to the playoff and then just normal bowls across the board. So I'll, I'll be kind of curious how how we feel about bowl games evolves when there are 12 teams and not four making the playoff, but UCF will be better off than they were in the, in the AAC, obviously. So I believe the Vegas bowl was the one that Oregon state beat Florida in 30 to three, where Florida took a pity field goal to, to yeah. make it shut out. So Oregon Big state, sad field the, that it's Oregon a mountain state, West yeah. team guys as of the next month or so <laughs> beating, beating Florida. So yeah. Was a Florida, a Florida fan that had like a novel of a tweet that was like, just because we lost 30 to three to Oregon state, everyone's writing off this program as if it's some sad little program. And it's like, you know, right. people talk about the Oregon state thing. Oregon state wasn't bad last year. They won 10 games. I, the thing that, why does no one talk about the fact that Vanderbilt beat Florida last year? Why is that? Like, I barely see that on Twitter. And that is a thing that it's happened. funny because <laughs> a Florida fan in their reply was like, it's just because we beat Vanderbilt. And I think the guy was like, well, like Vanderbilt was actually kind of, I'm like, mm, don't justify <laughs> don't, it. No, Vanderbilt can't. is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't even have a stadium right now. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. <laughs> All right, so time for my four-star review question. Um, thoughts on the blindside news? I, I, Dude, I don't know what to say to this. I, It's very well documented on this podcast, and I'm a big fan of that movie. I remember um, we talked about it on a podcast last year, and then at one point I got pulled away from watching The Blindside because we had to do an emergency podcast because UCF was somehow ranked in the college football playoff rankings. Um, and I was like, I was just watching The Blindside. Um, I still like that movie. I don't, I mean, I don't have anything to say. It's, it's sad news, whatever, whatever version of the truth is out there. It's sad. It's, it's a family going through a thing very publicly sad. If it, if it was a whatever, I don't know. I don't know the details of this. I was one of those things where I was like, this seems like it sucks. And I was just like, all right, uh, I, if it seems like it sucks, I'm going to just bow out here. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, my thoughts are it's sad, and I think I can still enjoy the movie. I don't know. I haven't tried yet, but Ed Orgeron gives a you know Oscar worthy performance, so I'll at least watch his scenes. So I like I'm confused on this because like I don't really want to like wade into the news a ton like whatever <laughs> you know it doesn't really it's not super directly impacting UCF. I was gonna uh, say it's barely UCF related, but the fact that it is UCF related is kind of I, weird. I did say it was like I because I remember when the news first broke, I was like I don't think like I know SJ's SJ's with the kingdom. I don't think that's gonna like UCF's gonna get super involved. And then SJ went and did that barstool interview with the big UCF flag in the background. I was just like we're in it now. <laughs> like UCF's. <laughs> I mean, I think I would still enjoy the movie, right? Like it's I don't like I didn't 
when I watched that movie, I didn't, and it didn't end. And I was like, wow, I really enjoyed that movie because of how real it was and me knowing it was a real life thing. I was just like entertaining yeah. film. Nice. Like, well, I don't know. And here's my thing too, is like Michael Orr, like the real life Michael Orr has always said he didn't, like he hated that movie. He did not like the movie. Yeah. That was the other thing. Because is like, of everyone, how he was portrayed. So it's like, if, if were, that doesn't change the way you look at the movie, I don't know if this news really will. I don't know. It just, I, you can separate the two things, I think. But that's right? the thing is a lot of people were super, yeah, sure. Why not? I, 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 I don't know. But I, I like a lot of people seemed really surprised. Like when that news broke, it was like, whoa, like this changed everything. And I was kind of like, something was in the back of my head. I'm like, I feel like we knew this already. And I started Googling and like, this had been like kind of a thing, like for years. So like, I don't think this yeah. was some giant revelation. I think it's pretty clear that the movie was not accurate to what the real situation was as to what the real situation actually was we don't know any better than you do i have right. no idea but yeah it's a it's a that's, tough situation all around but. that's why it's funny that i got this question because it was like thoughts and it's just as a fan of the movie what are your thoughts like i don't know anything more than you do i've read some of the reports i don't really know as a noted but, blindside fan give us yeah. your take <laughs> i think is it bad like i feel like i could probably still enjoy the movie i i don't know i because I, so. I don't really look at like when I watch movies based on real life, I don't tend to like get more out of them because they're based on real life. It's just I like movies that are entertaining and I don't like movies that aren't entertaining. But I don't know. That's fair. That's entirely fair. Unlike you, I don't um, watch The Blind Side regularly, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. When the next I haven't watched it in a while. To actually, to actually be fair, I haven't watched it in I don't know how long. I feel like at least time, a couple times a year you text me that you're watching it because you'll try you'll send me photos of Cocho doing his face <laughs> and stuff. Like it's not it's not like all the time, but it's it's not never. Oh yeah, it's multiple times. It's been multiple movie. times a year for yeah. several years. That's <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. I don't, know. I don't watch it that much, just all the time. Like no, know. like I wouldn't consider it that much. I guess maybe you would probably consider it being that much if I watch it three times a year. Oh, we're up to three times now. I thought we were two. I don't How know. many times do you think normal people watch it, watch the same movie in one year? It depends. I don't know. I'm not a normal person, so that's fair. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we move on? I think I we guess. should move on. Yeah, we can. Yeah. I'm not normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's look at UCF's depth chart, which also speaking of things that aren't normal. <laughs> yeah, things not very normal on the UCF depth chart. Um, there's a lot to get into here. We won't spend too much time on it. I think. Well, we'll see. QB two. Well, yeah, we'll see. QB2 being Timmy McLean wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that we've heard good things about Dylan Risk, but I've always thought Timmy was going to be QB2. Um, uh, Gus said in the the presser today, he clarified that if he said if something happens to John Rice, Timmy is the guy. So there's no like of, you know, like I remember in like 2021, it was kind of like my, my, like everyone's the backup quarterback and like they've done stuff like that before, (laughs) but like Timmy, Timmy, Tommy, whoa, Tommy's at Boston College. Is Tommy going to play there? Has anyone looked into that? We're probably the people who should look into that. Yeah, okay. I have. I'll, I'll, has anyone I'll... looked into that? You say to me and no one who can reply to you. Right has now. anyone looked into this? The UCF <laughs> podcast host says to his listener. Yeah, to, to, I'm not um, on a live show. <laughs> I'm going to try to figure that out while you talk about something. But yeah, um, I, no surprise with Timmy. Yeah, and then the running backs. Uh, I don't know if you want to consider it a surprise because it's just a good big collection of talent. Obviously, RJ was the starter. And then they have the backup listed with a bunch of oars. It was... Uh, Johnny Richardson or Jordan McDonald or Demarcus Bowman or Mark Anthony Richards. If you want to read into the order of the oars, you can, I guess. I don't All know. I, I will just... say is last year, it, the second string was Johnny Richardson or RJ Harvey. And we saw how little that ended up meaning. So I don't know how yeah. much the or meaning matters. And it will, it will play itself out. Like I think if, if you go out there and you give Demarcus seven carries in the first game and he goes for 78 yards, you're like, all right, this guy's, 
you know, we're, we're going to give him more carries. So it's not really a, a yeah. big thing to me. And what Gus your... said that Gus said that um he expects all five of those guys to play, which I thought was yeah. cool because I'd like to see Jordan McDonald. What um, are your findings on uh, Tommy? I'm on Eagle Insider, which is the Boston College 247 site. Great name, by the way. Eagle Insider. Sounds like some like really like wild political network, right? It's like welcome in to Eagle Insider. But um, I was thinking it was like a bird, like a bird watching uh like website. That one is probably like, the more rational way for yeah. your brain to go. But I uh so we don't have a depth chart for Boston College yet, but their writer had this line about Castellanos. Castellanos is coming in from UCF and did not transfer here to just be the backup, but that is where he will begin. <laughs> <laughs> so Castellanos is not expected to uh, win okay. the starting job. At I didn't think he would, but I don't know. Why I'd be, be a backup at a Big place. 12 school when you can be a backup at an ACC school? Yeah, I, I still really don't know what happened there. But maybe he okay. just really liked Ryan O'Keefe and wanted to wanted to maybe. hang out with him. But anyway, um, wide receivers. Uh, Corey Gamage was not on the two deep. Man, after after Gus Malzahn and JRP were but basically like he's fat. Yeah, um, that uh, sheesh. I that, we, we the writing had been on the wall with that one, and we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. I thought it was going to be like, oh, so Corey's not going to start, not even in the two deep. There I are guys who are like, never going to get on the field in the two deep, and he's not even there. I thought it was like, oh, he'll work his way into football shape because both Gus and JRP they didn't say he's fat, but they were like, he it was a few degrees away from that. They're like, he's he's just like got to get in shape. It was, was just, like, mm, okay. it was relentless. They kept bringing it up and they were bringing it up like when not even being asked about it. Like they would be like, how's the team looking? And JRP would be like, court damage specifically out of shape. Like it was just. <laughs> they, asked, they asked JRP about the wide receivers in general. He did not have to say anything he about court damage. He was just like listing receivers. And then I think. Corey's name might have popped into his mind and he's like, Oh, I got to say something about him now. And he's like, Corey Gamage, uh, you just got to get in, you know, get in better shape. You know, yeah. It just, did, I know he meant nothing by it, but it was very telling. I think. Especially with Gus then also. Uh, Chauncey yeah. Magwood also not in the two deep. So all of those uh, transfers are just really hit. Trent yeah. Whitmore being an or. I mean, how Kobe is that Hudson for, or Trent Whitmore? For all of the wide receiver additions, your starting wide receivers are Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, and Xavier Townsend, or Trent Whitmore, as you pointed out. Yeah. So um maybe that was just there. to keep kobe on his toes i don't know like just randomly one single wide receiver gets an or like i i don't get it i i'm looking at the i'm looking at our outline for the offensive line uh i i got auto corrected by my phone instead of thailand grable it says tulane grable tulane grable um, so we're being that. haunted by by the aac championship game last year well let, let's uh, talk about the o-line because this was the biggest yeah. far and away the biggest surprise of the depth chart for not good reasons in my opinion <laughs> no. but um so if we had to do our confidence level rankings in the um position groups again offensive line might be a little lower after the depth chart dropped and of course it could change Gus said it might change but what we've got right now is the starting offensive line at left guard you have Tylen Grable feel fine left, left guard is going to be a uh, left tackle left guard is what I was jumping ahead to is going to be Bula Schmidt who I believe transferred to be the center or compete for the center job and didn't really hear anything about him playing anything else. And now the depth chart's out. And they said, guess what? Bula Schmidt's the center. Or not the center. He's the left guard. Drake, Drake Metcalf is the center. Schmidt being start like starting at all is a surprise to me. I, I for one, am super excited about having a 6-1-2-94 left guard of the Big 12. I think that's that's stellar. Um, I, actually, like, I actually have I some he's... stats I want to drop really quickly that were uh, yeah. shared with us by a former four-time best uh, four-time guest, Jason Beatty, who is still at the Orlando Sentinel. He's best. now... Uh, <laughs> He was the best guest. Uh, I don't know, we've had some good guests, actually. But Yeah, we have. So Jason wanted to share with me that UCF starting left guard, Bula Schmidt, 6'1", 294. Kent State starting left guard, 6'5", 265. 
Oh my gosh. He also wanted to point out that Kansas, Kansas, one of the historically worst programs in the Big 12, their third string left guard, 6-6-3-20. Their third string left guard. So, I mean, Bula Schmidt might be the smallest left guard in the Big 12. I feel like that's not a stretch, right? No, I don't think it is. I feel like sometimes you can get away with having a smaller center, but having a smaller guard oh, like smaller that, center you can get away with. I don't know about left guard. Yeah, left guard, I don't know. I mean, it is, It's. I mean, and this is not even close to being a comparison. So I say the only thing I can think of is like last year with this, the NFL is completely different players, but the Bucks left guard or right guard, no, their right guard, he was like six one, I think. Like he was smaller for a guard, and he could move. So I don't know if Bula can move like that. I don't. I don't know. But it wasn't. What did Gus say? Gus like they picked the five best. He the said five this best a few linemen. times during the presser day. He was because you know when when the media naturally were like, and why is Bula Schmidt playing? He was like, well, let me tell you. And his reasoning was basically, we just picked the five best guys, and then we made the positions work from there. And and that feels like a dumb strategy, but. He also had this interesting quote. He said, that's what, as far as the O-line, he said, that's what we're going with for this game. There's other guys that I think by the end of the season could be playing. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're going to rotate. I don't know if that means that there are guys that they just are trying to push. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, this is a weird group and I don't feel as good about it as I did 24 hours ago. Honestly, that's the, I think that's the only weird thing to me about this group. Cause I mean, Drake Metcalf is the center. I kind of saw coming. Lokai Paule playing guard, obviously. And then Marcellus Marshall is playing right tackle. Which so he, was a tackle like, at Kent. he was a tackle yeah. at Kent, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like it's they just, just, I mean. It's just the inclusion of Bullish Schmidt, which maybe he'll surprise us all. and Or maybe this will change in a week, like Gus said. Who knows? But that was the big glaring, like, huh. Okay. I mean, I did this all coming. just come down to Amari Kites, just a total bust, and that forced them to really reshuffle things to make this work? What happened? I have no idea. I, I I don't know any of the details on that. I don't know what the deal is there. He's backing up Talon Grable, so whatever. But, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I had a sinister thought. Are they allowed to reallocate his NIL money? <laughs> they gave this guy I NIL, NIL money. Depends on the contract he signs. Other schools I'm have, sure, I'm have sure been accused of doing things like that. So I'm I don't sure. know. But I... It's even just you look at so Bullish Schmidt is starting at left guard 6'1, 294. He's backed up by Adrian Medley, 6'5, 305, who's backed up by Ed Collins, 6'6, 315. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing there. That's maybe it's be, just really good. I highly doubt it. I think that that is not going to last. Uh, that is okay. We said we're not doing predictions on our episodes anymore. Here's my <laughs> prediction it's not for this week, it's just for in general. I'll go far. I will go so far as to say that four weeks from right now, Bula Schmidt will not be starting at left guard for UCF. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one right now. I'm calling my shot on that one. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I really disagree. Yeah, but I hey, don't, I don't know what we're doing there. Um, I hope we're wrong, but I don't know. I hope we're wrong for good reasons. Like I hope he plays with him. I don't hope they just like stick with him and we're well, wrong for him playing poorly. But here's what I would prefer: he just be the most awesome tiny left guard in history. But I just don't buy that happening. <laughs> and what worries me is from Herb Hand's comments we've heard off and on. It sounded like he just loves Bula Schmidt. Like he's one of those guys who's just a super hard worker, and he's someone they brought in in the portal, and he came in, and they just really like him. And it's like I hate when we get in these situations where coaches just really like a guy, and like, well, he like earned it. It's like this is a business. You put the you best know? players on the field, you know. You know, I just remembered it was when Bullishmit committed and he has that picture of him like holding his child. <laughs> like he's just like I forgot about that. Oh, I man. totally Maybe forgot that's about why that. Herb Hand likes him. He saw it and he was like, That's just so funny, he's gotta start. Herb saw that and was like, he, he you know, he's got it. We he's gotta a dog. put him out on the field. <laughs> he's <laughs> we a guy. Gotta put him out on the field. 
Good um, lord. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm officially in panic mode about the O line. So we'll see. Which what are we gonna learn about that? Like any time in the foreseeable future. Like I what you mean Kent State. Oh, well, I will say if he's Boise State, struggling maybe. with whoever Kent State. Yeah, Boise State. But I don't know. That's that Bailey. That's a group of five team. Group yeah, of yeah, five yeah. teams aren't gonna mess with UCL. But yeah, UCL sure. might lose that game. Um. Anyway, um, let's go to the defense before we get over to our actual game preview. Can we talk um, about special teams? okay we can if you want what is okay. is there anything that stood out i mean colton boomer is a kicker well There's yeah or no there there were a few things that stood out to me one i thought that it that, so colton boomer held off grant reddick and the battle that we're still not even sure if it actually occurred or not um i like johnny on kick return um yeah. i think that's i think that's good because i always get like we talked about this last year when they assigned like ryan o'keefe it's like i don't like when they take players who are super important and are like go crazy on special teams so i'm good with that i like townsend on punt return that wasn't a surprise I'm good. I'm happy. I'm not nervous about anything that I saw on special teams. And that is a rare state as, you know, being a UCF fan. I like Townsend at punt returns. I think he's electric, but I, I do get kind of that worry where it's like, I think he's going to be pretty important to the offense. And so I don't want him getting hurt on special teams. But, yeah, but then you know. you've got Mr. Or Trent Whitmore will just, you know, slot in apparently. So. Mr. Or. Trent Whitmore. Mr. Or Trent Whitmore. Wow, this is a yeah, this is an unhinged like podcast. It. I just have to say, I'm going to take back. I said I like Johnny a kick return the first time he like trips at the ten yard line trying to <laughs> return. I'm going to be unhappy at that point, but it's going to be great. Um, at linebacker, uh, starting Mike linebacker is Walter Yates. He's being backed up by Ryan Davis. Do you think that's a case where they're not going to? I mean, you don't just. I mean, it's not saying you can give it to him because they've had weeks of practice now. But like, do you think Ryan Davis as a transfer will eventually? assume that role or do you think Walter Yates is really their starting linebacker I'm just surprised a little bit I kind of had the same thought I went back and I looked at last year's depth chart because I was like did we see this where transfers weren't named as starters and no last year's depth chart was pretty true to who ended up playing other than the only the only the literally the only weird one was RJ Harvey being listed as an or with Johnny so I just think that man they missed on some of these transfers i i which you know it's like i it's like I think I think Ryan Davis is gonna play like those guys will play and and we'll see I mean we've seen situations like remember in 2020 when it took them a while to get like Bryson Armstrong, right? Like we've seen guys and their roles evolve over the year. So we'll see, but I feel good about Jason Johnson. I don't feel like I like Walter Yates a lot. I just don't know if I like him as a starter. So that's a little, little worrying. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I think he has, what is it? Uh, I think he has a high floor. Like, I don't think he's going to be like awful or anything. I just don't know if he's going to be like, a superstar linebacker but i, I worry know, that they're he's yeah i mean i don't know like maybe i'm just way underselling him but it's like i feel like he's one of those guys where i just worry about there being games on the schedule where he's just one of those positions where you're now out, out talented you know like just i don't know i hope that's not true and you know yeah we'll see it's um, worrying that i just kind of assumed grind is going to start so that one's a little worrying so, so did i the secondary is um so the star position is the jordan mask the cornerbacks are brandon adams and Corey thornton and the safeties are quadric bullard and nikai martinez so DeCorey and Patterson not starting. Jairo Wilson not starting. Nakai Martinez is yeah. a safety. All kinds of uh, amazing <laughs> things that we definitely saw coming. Well, we just um, said on our last episode that they have a lot of guys back there and they're going to pick the pieces they like and make it work. I'm surprised by some of this, but I'm also like, like we're going to see DeCorey and Patterson plenty. We're going to see Jairo Wilson plenty. Like th- these, all these guys are going to get out there. So I, I'm not yeah. too messed up with like who is or isn't named the starter there. I think all those guys are going to play a ton. I like uh, Braden Marshall, Jakari Henderson, and Damari Henderson are all in the two deep. Yeah, that 22 class is a 22 class. Yeah, because this yes. is 2023. That 22 class, we got lots of representation. Yeah, I like it. Fred um, Davis is a yeah. four with DeCorey and Patterson. Do with that what you will, since we haven't heard Fred he Davis' is. name like one single time since he got to UCF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fun to see how this all plays out because 
maybe it all does kind of stick, or maybe it is there is some shuffling at different positions as guys separate themselves, and we'll see. We'll see if anybody does that against Kent State, which is the game we can preview now. What Wait, we're we actually about have? D-line? No, I didn't think there was anything to really get into. No Katie McDaniel. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, Malachi Lawrence is uh, backing up Josh Scar. He's an or with Kaven Call. So Kaven Call, another, uh, t- no, he's 23. He was this class. I don't know. Yes. The young guys are in the depth chart. Woohoo. That's yeah, I just like seeing true freshmen and true sophomores or redshirt freshmen. I like seeing them, those guys, them guys, I almost said. I like seeing those guys on the two deep because I want to see a lot of them play and yeah. be the future, hopefully. All right, let's preview. Um, yeah, so the main storyline we'll get into with UCF and Kent State is what can we realistically expect to learn from this game? The simple answer for me is more than like past openers, more than you can learn yes. from an FC State. It's an FBS team. This is an FBS team that, as we'll get into a little bit later, has given some problems to some some Power 5 teams. So it's it's not like you're playing a, a team of just, I don't want to say nobodies. I don't want to like disparage a team like that, but it's like, it is yeah it's a different level you know it's they're playing an fbs team and this is an fbs team in in the mac conference and yeah so i I think there's more that you can learn but i still am not 100 sure you're not gonna be able to take like a ton away no i and but it's kind of like from a competition perspective it's like i do hope fans get that it's like the the difference between playing a mac team i'm not saying ucf's gonna lose don't worry we're fine but the difference between playing a mac team and an fcs team is like huge and i feel like a lot of ucf fans don't get that i still keep seeing stuff on social media where fans think that ucf's just going to come out there and win like 56 to nothing and they're not i don't think so if they do awesome but i have a thing to say actually okay i changed my mind we're on a podcast we're here to say things i think if we learn anything from this game there are things bad things we can only learn bad things from this game does that make sense? Yes, because if they win 56 to nothing, we're just going to say, oh, it's Kent State. And if they look bad, we're going to be like, oh, man, they look bad. Yeah, like if the, offensive line, if the offensive line struggles, you're like, oh, you're struggling with Kent State. And you should be able to, you know, out, I mean, I would say out, out physical, out talent them. But if they're not, then you're like, okay, maybe there's some concerns here. But if maybe they do my that, hot if... take is that I hope Bulu Schmidt struggles with Kent state just so that we can just like nip this in the bud and like <laughs> fix the O-line before we get to a team that can be used. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a fair way to look at it, but listen, yeah, the I first know. time I became like a full on, like absolute hater on a UCF player, it was, it was Bryson Armstrong who ended up being like very good after that. So I'm just, I'm just speaking into existence that Bulu is going to be awesome. Yeah. He's not, I think he's so. not, I don't, I don't get this, but you know, you never know, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to learn. I, I, it's it, it, this game, this going to sound so, so stupid, but it's like this game to me is more just like, hell yeah, we're back. We get to watch a UCF football game. They're a big 12 team for the first time ever. They're wearing a really good uniform. And like, there's another team that's also going to be there that they will, they will play. And we're just not going to like learn a lot from it. I don't, I don't know. I like, I guess we're, I'm going to, I'm going to walk this back. I'm going to walk back what I just said, just like what you did. We are going to learn things like how the offense looks. We're going to learn a lot there. We'll see how serious yeah. they are about the downfield passing and the vertical passing and all that. We'll see how they're going to actually employ all these running backs. So we'll learn things like that. But like, yeah, I guess what I mean is we're not mm-hmm. going to know how good or not good UCF is after this game. We're just not, there's no, because even if they yeah. struggle, it might just be things they have to clean up or, oh, okay, now we know that guy doesn't go there. I, I just, there's just in both directions. There's not a ton to be learned here. Yeah. I mean, another way to say that is, scheme wise and personnel wise they'll they'll learn some things they're going to take some things away from this game but like yeah how good they are and what their ceiling is as a team this season i don't think you're going to get much out of it which to be fair even if they were playing like ohio state it's like you just teams evolve over the season like how many seasons 
the only recent UCF season I can think of where after the first game, I was like, I have a handle on what this team is, was 2017, weirdly enough, because it was when they just blitzed FIU. I mean, just wrecked them and they looked insane doing it. And I forget exactly what it was, but you and I had some kind of bet on how many passing yards Mackenzie Milton would have in the game. I think I bet you that he would have under 200 for the game and he had over that at halftime. And like, that was yeah. a game where it was like, it ended and you're like, this team seems like really, really good. <laughs> so, but literally every single other year, I can't recall a first game that ever ended up really being accurate to how the season went or us being able to tell. Do you think then, say they came out in this game. So I think they beat FIU in that game, 61 to 17. And it's they different did. because they're in the big 12 now all that stuff. But if they put up 60 points on Kent state, does that kind of change like the way you feel to me? It would be how they did it. If they put up 61 points because John Rice Plumlee is launching these rockets downfield that are just falling into the arms of receivers, like a cradle, like then, then I'd be like, Hey guys, we might have something here. If it's exactly what they did against bad teams last year. And it's just, you know, JRP runs around and the running backs look good and we out talent them, then you're not gonna be able to call anything. But yeah, if it's Mm -hmm. thing, if JRP looks like he took a leap, then then maybe we can start talking about that. But I I don't even know how, even if he has taken leap, I don't know how evident that will be against Kent State. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is fair. Um, do you want to get into our key stats? Yeah, I just want to say able- that the first time on Thursday night that John Rice Pumley like has a big run and someone talks about how much he has improved and how that showed it, I'm going to lose my mind, like going to explode. But anyway, let's get into that. Um, so going back to the fact that Kent State has given some Power 5 teams some problems, uh, they played three of them last year. They played three Power 5 teams, and they lost by an average of 24 points. That doesn't sound good for them. Like, that doesn't sound like a thing that's like a credit to them. But no, I don't but know if you get – they played Georgia really close. Not really close. They they Was it not really close? 39 to 22. Okay, but Georgia struggled their way to that, I'm pretty sure. They did. It was like a rough game. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma, they lost to 33 to three, Washington, 45 to 20. None of those are close games. And I don't think the game's going to be close. That's just more to illustrate to me, like, Hey man, these aren't FCS scores. This isn't UCF winning by 50 plus. It's probably, they're probably going to win in that 20 to 30. Range. Um, yeah. That and- all being said, Kent state has a new coaching staff and has turned over their like entire roster. Like they're starting a Purdue transfer, a quarterback. They, so like, I well, we don't know anything about this team, but I, I don't buy it being an FCS ish score. Right. I don't I don't think that's the case. We're going to our score predictions later on, but it does feel like one where it's like you can't go into this game thinking like it's going to be even the games against SC State like they won like 38 nothing. Like, I don't think you're shutting out Kent State. I don't, I don't th- think if they if they do, I'll be thrilled. Um, But yeah. I don't buy it. I also there's a stat from Steve Helwick, who's uh, writes about group of five teams and the Mac for Hustle Belt. He posted that Kent State has 11 new starters on offense this year. So uh, that's all of them. That's all the that would that would be case, all the starters in case new around here. <laughs> that would be um, all of them. So yeah, we just I, I I'm sure UCF is just kind of has their hands thrown up. Like we'll see what team we play because we have no idea, but we should be better than them. I wonder how you go into like how do you prep for that? Like they talked about that in the presser today, and of course Gus being Gus didn't really want to give a real answer because Brandon Helwig asked what I thought was an interesting question. He was like, "What do you do in that situation? Do you go look at like the coach's previous stop?" Or and Gus was just kind of like, "Yeah, you were preparing." Um, you know, we're just doing what it's just like, just get a real answer to one question. I'm glad he's preparing. Yeah. Um, that's good. Good to know. Weight off my shoulders. Um, key stat number two, Kent state ranked 113th in total defense last year. And going back to John Rice Plumley stats against defenses of that stature. Okay. Against defenses of that were 107th and lower. He completed 73% of his passes for 728 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and he rushed for 281 yards and four touchdowns. So simply put, he had his best games against bad defenses. So that would seemingly bode well. We'll see how much 
of a big leap forward he takes as what is it what was gus's big thing he keeps saying is night and day night and day night, and, night day. and day yeah i have with a henshaw's been night. saying it and um yeah. i do it like and so if kent state like let's be clear if kent state's defense well i'm a dumb guy if kent state's defense is anything like it was last year i assume jrp is going to do his whole video game numbers thing what i'm interested in is if and it's going to be tough and we'll do our best but like are we going to be able to sort out what of that is they're playing a bad defense and what of that is, oh, he's improved. Like, because I think even if you have a situation, like say that their DBs are just getting burnt and Javon's open down the field, like JRP doesn't have to throw a laser in that situation. He just kind of has to throw it up there. So Javon can get, so like we might not even be able, to, be able to learn about his accuracy from this game. Like, I just don't know what there is for us to learn. I guess decision-making, is he taking hits? Yeah, not completely, but like if, if Javon's wide open and he does throw a good ball, that's going to be a little bit of an improvement over last year. I know, I but like I'm saying that if he doesn't throw a good ball in that, or like a perfect ball in that situation, it's not indicative of his accuracy being worse. It's just when you have a wide receiver who's got 10 yards of space, like you, it's not like you have to like put that in a window. You just kind of got to throw it up there for them. No, to grab but what it, I'm saying is, is if he if he throws it up and you have to see you see Javon have to slow down to catch it, and it's an underthrown ball, or he over like overthrows him, you're going to be like, okay, maybe he's not accurate. He had a wide open maybe. receiver. I guess it depends by how much. Like if it's yeah. like if if Javon is open like streaking downfield and JRP like overthrows him to the point he can't catch the ball or underthrows him to the point that the DB catches up, then yeah, we're going to be having conversations about how UCF's yeah. going three and nine, but I don't, um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing for me that like just looking at JRP is like, I want to like, he should take no hits in this game. Like if this man does not start sliding, I don't know what we're going to do as a, as a yeah. program. Cause it's just, I, that's, that was a huge thing from last year. And, and we've talked about, there's no Mikey Keene waiting in the wings this year who can keep the team going. If we just don't know what they have with Timmy, he needs to stay healthy. So if he, if, I don't know, if he ends this game getting hit a bunch, that's going to be so worrying. Do you think we'll see Timmy in this game? That's a good question. I'm going mean, to say obviously, yes. It obviously no. depends on the score, but yes. I'm thinking because I'm yes, it's the whole FCS versus FBS thing. Like when you're playing an FCS team, you expect to go up big. Yeah. And it was even a surprise last year when UCF had the starters in as long as they did because Gus wasn't happy with how they played. But you still expected at some point to see your backups. I think um, if you see Timmy, it will literally be for the last like two drives of the game. And I also, I don't believe there's any kind of redshirt implication there. Like there was with Mikey. I think Timmy's redshirted out. So it doesn't matter. This is a year of eligibility they, whether he's playing or not. Would they do that though? Or would they do what they did last year and they would, well, they would give Dylan risk a chance to play in that game. Cause they're not going to have too many games where, so would you give him? Well, some, Tommy, some Tommy playing against SC state wasn't about getting Tommy playing time. It was that Mikey, they Mikey had four games, so they weren't going to burn one of those games again. So I don't know. I, I think we'll. Huh. I, I'm. I would be a little annoyed if they didn't use Dylan's games. But also, like you look at the schedule, I don't know how many games they're going to have where they're going to be in position to do that. So maybe we will see Dylan. Maybe Kent State. Maybe might this be, one in Villanova. That's the thing. Like these might be the only two where that's an option. So if if that's the on that logic, maybe we'll see Dylan. I don't know, but I guess it depends. Because say that it's like say they get the ball back with like I don't know, like four minutes to go. They're up by like twenty eight or 35 or whatever it's like it's even worth putting in dylan at that point because you're not gonna be running anything like you're just gonna like you, no. just, you just have someone coming in to hand off so i don't know yeah it'll be interesting that's yeah. that's something i hadn't really thought about until we started talking about this because it's like at first i was like i mean as we talked about kent states and fbs teams like this could just be a game that not goes down to the wires and what i'm saying but it's like it could be a game where you just play your starters the whole game yeah, where it's like it's a 20 something point game but you're not gonna like pull everybody out and unless it is like you said the last couple drives then it's it makes a little bit more sense but i don't know it'll be interesting um key stat number three is 
I guess a darker one. Um, <laughs> since 2016, UCF is 4-0 and in uh, hurricane-affected games. And the thing is, I should say, we don't even know if this game will be affected by a hurricane I don't yet. think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Hurricane-affected games, we looked at games that were either moved due to a hurricane or postponed or something like that. I don't yeah. think this game's getting moved. Now, the only wild card is that Matt Marshall of the Sentinel had a thing earlier today that Kent State's plans that they confirmed to the Sentinel today are we're going to fly down Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, my issue with that is that that's when the hurricane is. So I'm not totally sure how they're planning on doing that. This is what this is the dumb part of the podcast, which is going to be fun, is I don't know anything about weather or hurricanes. I, I thought they were saying it's going to hit one well, on. I'm, I'm in a different city. I'm in Tampa. So it's going to be to like Tuesday night overnight and like Wednesday morning early. So, so maybe by the time they fly out Wednesday afternoon, I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not a pilot. I'm neither of those things. Although I feel like if I applied myself, I could be both, but <laughs> the way that I've looked at the track, not want to be on that plane. <laughs> Me neither. I, I, I'm also terrified of flying. I can't imagine ever being yeah. like, I'm going to go try to be a, I actually think I'd be that would calm me down because my whole issue with I've probably said on the podcast before I'm terrified of flying. I do it. I do it all the time because I like to go places. I just hate it. I hate the process. You would like it more because you could control. Like you, I'd be in you're control. in control of it. Yeah, that's what I don't like about flights. Is I don't, I don't I don't I don't like I have no control over what happens. Like when I'm in a car, like it's like and you know like car cars are way more dangerous. But like I have a say in whether I am in a car crash or not. And like planes, it's totally out of my hands. But so if I became a pilot, I'd I'd, I'd probably feel better. I should you tell you driven around then. No, I'm fine being driven around. Yeah, I guess my logic kind of goes out the window on that one because I'm fine being driven around. But I don't know. When I'm being driven around, I'm not 30,000 feet in the sky in a compressed metal tube. So you tell me. But <laughs> anyway, but the way the hurricane is supposed to go is that it's going to hit the state of Florida where we are in Tampa. And it's supposed to go up, like up in the panhandle, yeah. up towards North Carolina. So the the way it's, I see it is that fly, that afternoon... Like... And if you're if you're watching the video version, which hopefully we will have been able to post because I'm gonna have to cut something. I'm not sure if I can from a video. So TBD on if a video version gets posted. I you've got the plane coming this way. You've got UCF here. And in the middle is going to be a hurricane. So I'm not sure like how planes work. Like, I don't think you can just like like take the, a long way. <laughs> so like, this, it's just like this is your captain speaking. We're going to have to go to space to fly over this hurricane and we'll come back down. <laughs> on this side. Like, I don't know how that works, but I feel like that's just. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the route, like, how, I don't know what the different routes can be. Can they go around it? I don't know. I it's going to no be wild when they go all the way around it. Like, they're like, we took off from Kent. We did a fuel stop in Cuba, and then we came up to Florida, and now we're in Orlando for the game. Yeah, I don't know. So, I I don't I, I would imagine if that's their plan now, and, like, they start to, they're, they're still, mon- they're going to be monitoring things. Like, they're, like, they're stuck to that plan. So, it's like, maybe they will leave a little bit earlier. I don't know. But as far as the game being affected, I can see Kent State, like, what if they're just like, oops, can't get down there. I don't think they would, because unlike other games that UCF's had canceled the Hurricanes, UCF is paying Kent State a lot of money to come play here, and I think they want right. that check. They but... have the incentive to make this game happen. <laughs> so. They they have 1.5 million reasons to make this game happen. What's built into is like they could move it to Friday, I guess. Right. I mean, I don't know that the whole TV, like, I don't know how that, oh, all that works, would just but... destroy attendance, though, if they did that. Oh, it would. Yeah. No, it would. Yeah. But let's not. I, no, we're, it... we're done with this part of the conversation. I don't want to talk about it. They're, they're fine. They're, they're fine. Games being played. <laughs> I feel like we had the podcast before the SMU game last year. We were like, ah, it's fine. Like, we, it's, we it's, said it's exactly not looking that. good. It's not looking good, but like, I think they might be able to handle it. I think, like, I don't know couple hours after we posted the podcast it was like yeah it's not looking which to be fair ucf could have played the smu game when it was scheduled it just 
you know, would have been incredibly difficult given that most of Orlando didn't have power. But they could and then, This could change, and it could have changed while we've been on the podcast. But part of the reason I don't think this is going to be affected is UCF has said so far, like, everything's going on as planned in, certain, in terms of classes. Like, they're not... Yeah, which I like, find a little ridiculous. It. Like, I, I actually think they really should be canceling classes for Wednesday. They're like, because even if it doesn't in Central Florida head on, there's still going to be like storms all day. What was the wording of it? it was like, we're monitoring it, but like, we're closely time, monitoring. We don't, we don't see any disruption to like our normal operations or whatever. So I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this was it's a weird key stat to include. Man. I thought, well, we, we were struggling to find a. It's hard when yeah. you're playing a MAC team with an entirely new roster and coaching staff to find key stats. Um, yeah. The other yeah. thing is UCS won us. UCS won seven straight season openers. This would be if they could win, they'd be eight eight in a row. Yeah, I don't care about that though. Like you told me that's that, and UCF had that in their game notes too. And I was just like, I'm, whatever. That's yeah. where I got it. I didn't just come up with that. <laughs> I just was looking at their known. game notes for anything I could find. Um, which they've still stuck with the any the UCF win would be better than a loss. So yeah, that was a, I think that was a year for Sella thing, wasn't it? Like I don't even yeah, think anyone who started that is here anymore. I, yeah. I liked it more. I think it used to be at the top of the notes. It was like a UCF win would yeah. be better than a loss. And now it's at the bottom. And I feel like you lose the comedic effect when you don't lead with that. If you have yeah. no idea what we're talking about, UCF releases game notes every week with all these stats. And they and there's there's a section called a UCF win would. And it's all these things like B Gus's 50th win as head coach or whatever. And it was and the for a long time. The first line was a UCF win would be better than a loss, which I always found funny. Yeah, because it's true. Um, all right. So replacing predictions this year because our predictions sucked and we hated it out of here. Um, Done with them. How can UCF win this game and how can UCF lose this game? And I think we really like we lose the impact of this a little bit for Kent State and Villanova. This will be a better feature for every other game except Kent State Villanova. I think so. I'm so we're debuting it against Kent State. Um, <laughs> how can UCF win this game, Christian? I have that the offense is as electric as we'd hoped it would be all offseason and they just flat out bury Kent State. Oh, all right. That's, that's my that's violent. my that's my uh violent disruptive take. Violent, um, disruptive, relentless. Yeah. I just put out talent Kent State, but still play disciplined and execute because like they can have way more talent than Kent State, but if they go out there and can't put anything together offensively, like they can't run whatever Darren Henshaw wants to run, it's it's gonna all of a sudden like if, if they don't go up big early, Kent State will start to believe and then that can get dangerous and a little also dicey. the fan base will start to get angry and I don't want to have to deal yeah. with that. You just brought up a point I didn't even make of something we can learn from this game as far as discipline. I play a clean game. Like, let's not see a bunch of penalties or dumb stuff or Bula Schmidt getting caught holding since he can't handle this uh, MACD line. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, just don't have any of that. You just are burying Bula Schmidt on this podcast. I'm committed um, to him for the rest of the year now. I just, I can't believe that. But yeah. Can I say something? And this is, this is probably just very pessimistic of me, but I go on. I don't think, I don't think they're going to play a clean game. I don't think they I are think either. They this was a problem last year. It was just... a problem in 2021. It's been a problem the whole yeah. time the staff has been here. So I'm not expecting that to have magically yeah. changed in an offseason. They're going to have a lot of penalties. Um, oh, how can UCF lose this game? Uh, JRP gets hurt. Oh, that's not something I considered. That's if you, you want it, you want some weird roadmap to UCF. Their first ever game is a power five team losing to a Mac team. It's JRP gets hurt early and the team's rattled and things just unravel. That's my, that's my, that's my take. You've unlocked a new fear. Ah, I unlocked Congrats. it for myself when I was watching the Ohio San Diego state game this past Saturday and Ohio's quarterback, who was very good, appeared to tear something bad in the game pretty early on and was out. And I was like, right, that's the thing that can happen. So yeah. Did Ohio, wait, why do I think Ohio had a former UCF quarterback? Did, did Parker Navarro sure go there? Uh, no? Yes, he did. He did, okay. but he's not their starter. Okay. No, I didn't think he was. I was just, for some reason in my head, I was like, you know what? Huh. Former UCF quarterback is a starter. 
Mikey, Mikey Keene, Keen. Fresno State. Well, I can't wait to watch Fresno State. Who they play with? Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. They play the Space Thieves. <laughs> It'll be good. Um, for how UCF can lose, basically, I just said kind of approaching this game as if they can just show up and win. Like if they just like walk in and they're like, you know, we're just we can show up and it's over. That's gonna be dangerous. And like I said, like if it if it's close early on, and you're in the third quarter and it's like I don't know, twenty seven twenty one, like that's scary. That can get see, anything can go wrong, and I don't see it happening. But anything could go wrong from that point on. And if, if you if you're within that close, I don't know, just a, a fluke interception could be all right. They have the lead. Now what's you gotta toxic get back. for me is that you're like they can't just show up and expect to win it and not try. And I'm like. They could. You're na- you're navying this right now. <laughs> I am navying this, and that's not good. I uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I listen. I I do think that there's a. I don't think there's a scenario out there where they lose the game. I do think there's a scenario out there where we're hopping on our late night pod and they just won a game like 31 to 21, and everyone's pissed and they did not look mm-hmm. good, and it's like, oh man, like that I could see, and that would be enough fun time. So hopefully they'll lose by many points. That almost feels likely. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways it does. I don't know. We'll see. Unless, listen, I, I don't even want to go there because it's just because what does that mean? Well, it just means they have stuff to clean up. I mean, but, yeah. you know, and maybe they need to reshuffle some of these guys, notably on the other line. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right, score predictions. Let's get your score prediction and then we'll wrap up, wrap this up. I went just conservative because I'm sick of being really wrong with the score predictions the last few years. So I just went right in the middle of not crazy and not super good. I went UCF wins 38 to 14. I said UCF wins 41 to 20. All right. I like that one more, I think, because I don't trust the defense to only give up 14 points, to be honest with you. <laughs> I almost said 14 or 17. Then I was like, I don't know, 20 sounds more realistic. Do you have them? What is that? Why. Do you have them missing a PAT? Do you have them getting a couple no, of field two, goals? two field goals? Two touchdowns, two field two goals. Field goals. Okay. Yeah. Seems reasonable. That does seem reasonable. This thing is, you come back, if we come out on the podcast after a 21 point win, I feel like if they win 41 20, I feel like I'd be happy. I'd right? be fine with that. I'd be yeah. totally fine with that. Again, I think the fan base is going to somehow be angry because they're expecting this to be an FCS game, but I'd be totally fine with that. I'd be fine with I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. You should run a poll on Twitter because you're the one who does the polls for us. I feel like... Should I post it right now? Yeah, I wonder if we're not giving the fan base enough credit for knowing, like... or for, I, don't know, I don't know. We might not be. What, okay, What? wait. What's the poll you want me to post? I thought it was going to be one thing, and now I'm not sure. What did you think it was going to be? I thought you were going to be, I, well, I thought it was going to be how many points do you expect UCF to win by? But then you said that comment. I thought it was going to be like, is Kent yeah, no, State that's... an FCS team? No, 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 no. What you were saying, like how, like how, I think we'll be able to gauge what they think about this game based on the results of that Let's poll. How many points because do you expect I don't UCF know. to win by? Because we have said that for a few weeks now where it's like, I think a lot of fans are expecting UCF to go win and win by 50. And I don't, I know I've seen people on Twitter saying that, but I don't know. All if right. it's like what should general... the options be? Um, 40 do plus... do ranges. I love we're doing this on the podcast. I'm going to say 40 plus, plus 30 plus, 20 plus, and 10 plus. Okay. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be a single score game. So I think those are all reasonable. 10, well, you wouldn't you have to do ranges? Like 10 plus, like technically, I don't know. That's fine. I, they'll understand. Like, I don't think okay. anyone who thinks they're going by 40 is going to click 10 plus because 40 is <laughs> 10 plus, technically right? Correct. Like, I get that, but like... 10 plus 30. <laughs> I'm not doing um, the ranges are going to look dumb if I'm like 40 plus ugh, fine. I'll do the ranges 30 to 30, 40 plus, And then like 30 to 39. That's what I'm doing right now. See, it looks yeah. dumber, but okay. whatever. Um, All right. And well, if you're listening to this, you to let's say this sound off on Twitter and let us know who had the better idea of the poll. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm saving you from the one person who was going to read that and be like, technically all of these answers are correct. And someone, would, somebody right. would have done that. Yeah. 40 plus 39. All right. I'm going to jump into the football news while you continue to post I posted that poll. It. I posted but, it. All right. Cool. I will go vote on it after we're done. 
Um, football news, the senior bowl watch list came out and this was weird for me because I think everybody knows we actually did a podcast while I was in mobile for the senior bowl this year. And like the fact that I went to the senior bowl for the first time has me more aware of like that whole just entity. And so the senior bowl watch list came out and UCF had eight players on it. Um, and it was just a thing for me where I was like, if I go again next year, it's like, Oh, I hope like I see some of these players there. Um, John Rice Plumley, Sean Peterson, DeCorian Patterson, Josh Seliscar, Traymond Morris Brash. Ricky Barber, Javon Baker, and Tylen Grable. Um, I know what you just made that face for. You saw a typo, didn't you? Traymond Morris, Brad, excited for him to be. In the, <laughs> Brad with an H at the end. I don't know H how that happened. That was really. La- I typed that last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eight eight players on the watch list. Um, the only player they had this past year at the Senior Bowl was Alex Ward. Um, and I, I did go talk to Alex Ward, which was I thought was pretty fun. One of the so highlights what, of the week. So what's cool is I think UCF's going to have some players drafted this year. Yeah, um, I do get that feeling. We're we're only five votes in on the poll, but it's already exactly what we have accused the fan base of being. So oh, I will okay. uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I just I almost said something bad there, but go on. I won't say it. Go I'll on. I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. Um, we need Kenny to have Martin. like a bonus premium content where we just yeah. say all the like all the thoughts that we like think during the podcast, then end up having it either cut or not say. Yeah. Um, Kenny Martin was named by on three as a rising star among Power Five assistants, which I think is very accurate. Um, and then UCF got a commitment from three-star wide receiver Jordan Bridgewater um, was that over the weekend because I kind of forgot that happened when I was like going back yeah. and looking at this. That was over. The I weekend. missed it completely. I uh, yeah, I was busy just like living life, and that one totally slipped me by. <laughs> busy living life. Busy living life. I love that for you. Um, game of the week, which we've got a, a big selection now because was it three sports are playing now? Men's soccer, women's yeah. soccer, and we volleyball has returned. Um, I think it's been soccer has been interesting so far. Because the women, women had a big win over Purdue. They had a very like gross loss to Georgia at the last second. They gave up two goals in the last seven minutes. But then that same night, the men's soccer team, who I think on this podcast last week, I was like, I'm a little worried about them. Yeah, we both so far they're, they're two and zero, and they beat number nine uh, Clemson on the road. So things are going well there. UCF volleyball gets game of the week this week. They're three and zero after last weekend. Um, they return home for the first time under Jenny Marr. Mara, I think I said that weird. Um, new head coach, and without McKenna Melville for the first time, that's gonna get that's gonna be weird to watch them. We didn't get to watch them this weekend because somehow there was no stream of yep. any of the games. Um, I know it's early they returned, and they're not playing good teams, but yeah. like seeing them already three now, that's that's nice. We love it. It is nice. Um, they will play Mississippi State on Friday at seven, and I this was a selfish pick for me because you and I are gonna be at that game. Um, so I didn't even process that when I read the outline. I was just like, oh yeah, good choice. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be at that game because they do. They play Thursday, um, I believe, against FIU, and then they have Mississippi State on Friday, Wake Forest on Saturday, and then oh, someone else on Sunday. I forgot who. Um, but yeah, it, it's good to see them at three and zero. You know, coaching coaching change. They've lost their best player ever, and so hopefully things continue to go and trend upward because that program is a lot of fun to watch when they're really good, which they have been really good for six or seven years now. I mean, Long even longer than that probably. Yeah. So. Yeah, we keep out keeping an eye out for that. And then we'll move on to Tweet of the Week. Well, let me say before Tweet of the Week, I'm going through Twitter right now, and you got a reply to your – you tweeted earlier about going to get sandbags because, you know, storms. Okay, I'll bite. What do you need the sandbags for? Do you just put them around your house? Um, So I'm in an apartment now, and I've actually had a flooding problem with my apartment anyway. Okay. Where water – anytime it rains heavily, like there's a lot of water that piles up. Piles up? Does water pile? Pools up around Pools, the outside of yeah. my bedroom window. And it's like seeped in a little bit. And so the sandbags are to 
collects the water. Yeah, it blocks the like the base. I've always wondered about this because when I was a kid, like our hurricane prep was we'd board up our windows and like I and then I always would see like people online like reading sandbags and I'm like to like make a sandcastle like what are we doing those that makes sense that was good for me but I noticed when you tweeted about getting sandbags. Um, you got a reply from someone who I guess wanted to jump the line on the five-star questions and it was DJ oh. and Manuel. They said, question for tonight's podcast, where's the best place to purchase a UCF jersey? You own a lot of UCF merch, so I figured you should, I'll give you a chance to give a reply to that. Well, I bought them from different places. I don't know if I, what I would say is the best place. I can give you some places. I mean, you can get it online. I got it from um, Fanatics. I've, I think I bought a couple at the bookstore, uh, UCF bookstore. And if, so if you're local, I think probably going there might be the best bet because you don't have to pay shipping and you don't have to wait for it. But at the same time, I have seen lately on Fanatics and on some of the other sites, they have some discounts. I think you can get them a little cheaper right now, but I think you'll still have to pay for shipping and all that. So it depends on when you get, if you get them at the right time online and you're willing to wait for it, that's fine. But if you want it before the game this week, the bookstore or Dick Sporting Goods, I think has Dick's a lot Sporting of, Goods has all the space jerseys um, now. Over by, yeah. over by UCF. Well, over, yeah, UCF area. Um, what is that? Off of... Cologne, off Cologne, off of Alfea. You so. think I had that information ready since I've lived in that area my entire life, but uh, yeah. yeah. But that's, I think that's that covers it. I think yeah. your other option would be at the game to try to get a player to give you one. Um, but <laughs> I don't think that's you don't want. I don't think you want that. One. I mean, you do for different reasons because, as like I kind of just forgot when we, when they used to do the well they did the yard sale again. But like with the yard sale, I didn't get to go, but I gave you money to buy me a jersey. And like forgot for for a little while there that like when you got me that jersey it was gonna be one of the like it's the game worn jersey it's like fitted all weird so like you yeah, can't, you can't wear like it. wear that so like I don't think some people do wear those the, and, and they look okay looks, I'm 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 gonna call you right now if any of our listeners the people I've seen photos of in the stands who like got their yard sale jerseys just wore them like shirts it's not a good look guys like it's not you know that yard sale I think that was like 2019 and everyone gave me money to to go buy them things at the art sale and like i still have some of those things like i've never given our friend zach his stuff i got him at the art sale like i just I, like four years later i still have it and that's i think great. that's that's his fault like he hasn't asked for it it's not yeah. like i'm hoarding it like yes i really wanted this men's basketball practice warm-up jersey that he wanted me to buy or whatever but i just remembered that i should probably message him and see if he wants it it's great yeah um all right tweet of the week tweet of the week uh, so UCF finished up, I think they finished up their 12 for 12 series, which has had a lot of interesting stuff. Um, their one this week was about rivalries and it was very interesting for many reasons. Uh, they talked a lot about the Marshall rivalry, which I was happy about because when I was a kid, there was like a stretch of time where like Marshall was like the big game on the schedule. Like I remember, like, I'm not even messing. You. I remember being like nine and 10 and it was like, oh, we got Marshall coming in this weekend. Like dang, thundering herd and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And they talked about that. They talked about, you know, USF obviously didn't enjoy this line in it. There's a section called who's next for UCF's rivalries. And it goes, so where can UCF partisans direct partisans? Where can UCF partisans direct their enthusiasm in this expanding new league? Cincinnati may be the front runner, but what about Houston where space U takes on space city? I UCF is moving into conflict territory with on this for me. They really, really are. They need, I don't know what's going on where both Houston UCF, because they've both been doing it are trying to force this rivalry into existence. When in the history of sports has a forced made-up rivalry ever worked? When has that ever happened? No one wants this. This will be the 19th straight season that UCF and Houston are sharing a conference. This is not a new team for UCF, and there's no heat. They've played really close games at times, and there's still no heat between these fan bases, in part because Houston does not have a fan base. I don't (laughs) understand why they are so determined to make this a thing. No one wants this. No one thinks this is interesting. Stop trying to force it on the fan base. Please. 
And it's, it's also the other thing that you've said, you made this point on the podcast, because I think there was a tweet of the week segment about this before, where you said like the space, the space game thing for UCF is a unique thing that is fully theirs. Why would you invite Houston to be a part of that? Yeah, I, 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 we have talked about the podcast before, like it would make for cool uniforms. Great, but it's such a unique to UCF thing and such a big part of their brand, why they are going out of their way to try to be like, come other lesser programs, share this with us, share, share one of the coolest things we do with us and to make it your thing too. I don't understand. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I, I posted the poll and when I posted it, I said, um, how many points do you expect UCF to win by on Thursday? And while Bill just replied with Thursday and quotes. Come on. We need more optimistic thinking, Wild Bill. Come on. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know. I can't let myself think that it's gonna get gonna get moved. I'm just trying to, you know, brave the storm. It's not gonna get moved. Get through it. And... Zero chance. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's not Thursday and and the game's not Thursday, then I don't get to meet Wild Bill on Thursday. I have to wait longer to meet Wild Bill in person. So I forgot that's happening. I wasn't. I believe that's to gonna that, happen. So yeah. well, you yeah. were invited. That that's a lie. You were, I was you not. Invited. He he straight up said I wasn't allowed to come. And then he said he I think he had a, a further tweet where he said you are invited if you wanted to send a, or before you go up to the press box and look down on everyone, which is your natural state anyway. Yeah, I do. I think he point. said something yeah. like that. Yeah, nah, that um, only the first one counts. So, but yeah, uh, so we'll see. We'll see when the game is. Hopefully it's Thursday. I think it will be Thursday. Famous last words. I just jinxed it. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back whenever the game is played. We'll be back after the game with a post game podcast. Um, until then, keep leaving us those five-star reviews. Keep asking us questions and make them five-star reviews, please. Don't do any more four-star reviews. Bringing down our average with your questions and accidental. I'm, I'm just going to assume that was an accident. Um, but follow us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by C. A. Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.